On today's show, we're going to wrap up our discussion about how to run an effective daily huddle with your service technician. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started, I want to run a short clip from our Seizing the Summer series. This is a 16-week program that launches June 1st and goes on every Monday for 16 weeks. 80% of sales are made on the 5th to 12th contact. That should give you some indication how important follow-up is. you got to understand, the times have changed. And what worked for you and for me 10 and 15 and 20 years ago isn't going to work today. So what I want to do now is to take a look at the real potential revenue here, because I want you to understand the scope of the problem if you get really good at this rehash process. If you get yourself and your, and your sales team really good at the follow-up process, I want you to look at some of the potential. I want to turn here to the computer real quick and show you a couple of things. What I'm going to show you here is a spreadsheet that really illustrates the opportunity. You know, in economics, we, we call it opportunity cost. Opportunity cost is opportunity lost. I want you to take your average sales professional, and we're going to say he or she is running eight new leads a week. That's 400 in a year, actually 413 with 52 weeks, right? So it goes out in 413 leads in the course of a year. The average comfort advisor is closing 40% of those, which is great. That's 165 new deals. Now that's nothing to sneeze at. You think about an average ticket of eight or $10,000, that could be $1.6 million, right? Nothing to sneeze at. But here's the problem. There's 60% of those leads, which equals 248 opportunities that were lost. Of those 248 opportunities, I assure you, about 200 of those are buying. They're just buying from somebody else. Now, what if, just what if, we had a rehash department, a rehash process that we could use to simply capture 20% of the 248 lost deals? That would be 49 and a half, we'll say 50 new deals a year at $8,000 average ticket. That's $396,000 in rehash follow-up revenue. That is one comfort advisor. What if you have two comfort advisors, right? What if you have four, right? The numbers are staggering. And again, the great companies understand the real opportunity in these rehash leads, these rehash opportunities. But you have to start making sure that it becomes a priority in your company. Now, if you're a premium member, you already have access to this, so make sure you tune in. If you're not a premium member, go to egaa.org summer and learn all about it. This week, we're going to wrap up a three-part series we've been having with Gary Ellix on running an effective daily huddle with your service techs. If you're a member and haven't seen the previous two episodes in the series, make sure you go back and watch the archives. Watch those two first. If you're not a member, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial by clicking Join at the top of this page. This will give you access to all the archives, and you can go back and watch the entire series for free. Let's join Gary now as he wraps up the conversation about the daily huddle. So I wouldn't be changing your metrics unless you rolled into a new year. And I think when you start a new year, you can introduce that to your men and you can change your measurement processes at that point. But all of these things that we're talking about, including GP per hour, they reside on my job description and my KPIs for my technicians and they're part of their compensation. So the guys are interested in what's going on. They would like to know their performance. This is their daily report card, their weekly, their monthly, and their year-to-date report card. Efficiency is obviously the hours that we've billed divided by the hours that we've paid. So we've talked about that in the KPI system. 
So we want both of those measurements because we can be very, very good at selling, but we're not running enough calls, or we can be running a lot of calls and we're not good at selling. So we want both of those measurements to be good. <coughs> Excuse me. And the last one that we look at is the service agreement opportunities and then the closure rates on the service agreement opportunities. So if it's a rental property and there's no service agreement opportunity available, obviously that doesn't count against the technician. So the service management and the tracking system needs to be fair, it needs to be accurate, it has to be timely, people have to trust it. But this is an example of our metrics that we go over with our men every single day. So what gets measured gets done. So as a leadership paradigm, you as a service manager are recognizing right now that if you have the capability to measure these things and they were the important components for you, and you could present that to your guys each day based on this is what we did yesterday, this is where we are for the week, this is where we are for the month, this is where we are year to date. It would be very hard for your service technicians to, to lose focus. I mean, this is what you're doing. We could add a seventh one here, which we don't do on a daily basis, but we do have a customer experience rating system, and uh, we give that out on our service invoices. It's part of our technology of you know, doing an evaluation for the service tech. Uh, and they can rate their experience with us, and so we use that, but we don't use that in the daily meeting because it's too much work for us to tabulate. What we do do is we look at that on a quarterly basis, and we talk about that in our monthly meetings as uh, a company, and then each quarter we update that. So hopefully we're a 9 or above. We like to be you know, an A, so we have out of 10. So uh, I think the last one we did, we were a 9.6 which equates to being a five-star rated company out on the web. So an eighth one that you might think about is you know, the ability for technicians to create reviews. Um, we are not uh, capable yet as an organization of tracking that. We are doing that process electronically, but we haven't wired that into our dashboard yet. So because I can't track it, it's very difficult for me to you know, present that as information. So clearly what we see is reviews go out on the line, but the review companies control that process, not the technician. So we don't really feel like at this point we're in position to hold the technician accountable for that. Even though the service call process does that for us, it's electronic, the homeowner still has to create the review and then the review sites like Yelp or Angie's List or City Search or Google Plus or any of the review systems out there, they really have the ability to post or not post. So very difficult to track that. So, that's going to be about 10 minutes where we're going to hand out everybody's performance report. We're going to go over the service department's performance report in totality on the PowerPoint. And then we're going to go into a discussion on a skill that we're going to train on. So the service manager, that's the folks watching this video, you're supposed to have a skills chart. So you need to pick a skill in any given day that you would like to practice a role play on. Yes, this is work for the service manager. Yes, this is going to be something that you're going to need to do a little preparation on. Ask for a volunteer, have somebody do a role play. That could be in relationship to any of these items. Tell me about the accessory. You know, tell me about a UV light. You know, what are the benefits? You know, obviously, what are the features? Why shouldn't a customer be involved in that? Talk to me about a lead turnover process. Sell me on our service agreement. So the volunteers are typically usually the guys that are the best at tech communications at the beginning. Over time, as a service manager, you might have to rotate those responsibilities. 
Uh, we got a couple guys that are really gifted at sales and they jump right up and they're, they want to get better and they understand that they're getting better at that process, so they volunteer. Uh, it's like sitting in the front row of a class. I mean, people that are just really wanting to learn and engage, they sit in that front row. Doesn't mean people in the back row don't, it just means that they're not as engaged as the people in the front. So you're going to have to probably think as a service manager how you want to rotate those responsibilities. But at the beginning, I always ask for volunteers. The service manager will ask for volunteers. You'll get the same guys repeating themselves. In order to create involvement, you're going to have to pull them aside and say, hey, Luis, you know, I noticed that you haven't really volunteered yet. You know, we've had seven or eight meetings, so just want to give you a heads up. I might call on you at some point. So don't, don't be nervous about it. It's a safe place. It's a safe environment. We all support each other. So we want to create an encouraging environment, and that's a leadership issue that you can work on at part of the service management leadership discussion. So once we do the role plays, um, typically what we do is we videotape that. So it's going to be about a five to seven minute role play. Um, we don't use uh, the uh, technology that we used to use was a camera. Uh, nowadays, we just use a, a, a Mac, like a, an iMac. And so we simply put the iMovie back up on the screen and we play it back and we have a little debrief and a little dialogue. And that supports a learning environment for everybody to understand what's going on. Particularly helpful for us when we were building our service agreement model. Um, there were just a lot of technicians that were not in tune with the benefits. Things like a lifetime guarantee, no overtime, things along those lines. They couldn't explain the benefits to the homeowner. They could talk about the feature, but they couldn't articulate the benefit. And the most important part of that for the homeowner is the benefit. The feature is technical in nature. The benefit is, hey, this is why I might be interested. So from a sales point of view, we're coaching and working with the technicians to get better at their communication skills. Safe zone, encouraging, repetitive, constant motion. So what you end up with is people will be more comfortable than when they're out with a homeowner. It's actually an easier environment for them to talk to somebody because they're not really feeling the pressure that they felt with their peers. Last but not least, if we have promotions, We'll spend about 10 minutes of the meeting on any given promotion. So we might have an accessory item uh, that we're on our vehicles for maintenance. And so we would talk only if that was needed. If it's the busy season, there really aren't any promotions going on. So that's not something that we would include in our meeting. We would turn the guys loose a little bit earlier. So it would only be a 40 or 45 minute meeting. So this is really the structure of how we agenda uh, organize our particular sessions. So again, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but I am saying that at 7 a.m. you want to have your guys in their chairs and they need to be ready to go at 7 a.m. And one thing about running meetings is you have your agenda, you have your timeline, you as the service manager are in charge of keeping that on point on schedule. And if there is any issue uh, we want to have a parking lot, and I'll explain that when we go back in studio what a parking lot is. It really is just a place to hold ideas that could be distracting from the focal points of the meetings. So whatever you decide your agenda needs to be, create that and then organize your work around that set of principles. Let's go back in studio and we'll recap. Okay, so if you look at this slide, uh, running a daily huddle really comes down to a couple different things. Uh, so first off, I need you to set a time. So 7 a.m. we start. Uh, my first experience with uh, one of the best operators, uh, a friend of mine who uh, has run several companies, uh, has sold a couple of those back to the ARS folks. 
Um, his general managers um, were very, very experienced people, and they had their service manager and their general manager every day at the Daily Huddle. And so he invited me out. I was doing some consulting work for him at the time, and uh, I owned some companies back east, and so these were out west. So I went in and visited his company. He's like, hey, I want you to come out and uh, just check out what we do and just give us an input idea. So anyway, I went out to his company and his daily meeting. He had about 80 people in this business, so not a small company, quite a large company. And I walked into the meeting room at about five till seven, and there were a couple of guys getting their final coffee and donuts. But basically, what I looked at in the meeting room was a group of about 80 technicians and maintenance technicians that were all in their chairs. They all had their time management systems. They had the PowerPoint system up. General manager was up on stage with the service manager ready to go through the agenda. Everybody was dressed in a uniform, white uniform with blue pants, uh, American flag, sharp, looked fantastic, crystal clean. I mean, it couldn't have been better. These guys were all in their seats ready to go at 7 a.m. I mean, you think about 80 people all ready to go at 7 a.m. It was absolutely clear that the culture of that company was set up, that they were shutting the door at 7 and the meeting was on, and if, there was, if you weren't in the room, then you weren't going to be in that meeting, and that was probably going to have a consequence attached to it. The meeting was done at 7.45. Everybody was you know, clapping, ready to go. They sent them out. The guys went. The trucks were rolling. It was an amazing experience, and it was exactly how I went. You know, My company isn't 80 people deep at this point. I think at that time we probably had 19 or 20 people in that organization that we owned back in Ohio. And the reality is when I looked at that, I went, that's the company I want. That's exactly what I'm aspiring to have. We're trying to build a business that looks like this. So it was a great experience for me because it showed me the outcome of what we're trying to accomplish. You know, we're, we're at point A and they're at point Z. And uh, you know, there's a lot of work in between, but clearly what they were doing was successful. And he sold that business, by the way, for somewhere around $24 million or something like that, uh, and then started a new business and redid it again. So the success pattern of time and wealth freedom was, was created from that blueprint. So it's not free. You need to set a time, you need to set an agenda, you need to have your team involved. The general manager and the service manager were not just preaching to that group. They were asking questions, people would stand up, they were giving core value stories, they were talking about experiences with customer relationships, and so they were sharing success patterns, so every single person in that room were being influenced by the success story that was being you know, talked about by one of the technicians. So total, totally believe in that. So focus on your core issues. Um, what's on my agenda doesn't necessarily have to be on your agenda, but I think what you need to have is you need to have an agenda so that everybody can trust that, everybody knows that they're on time. Your customer service and dispatchers need to know that you're going to start your meeting at 7, and if you're going to be done at 7.50, that they can book the calls around that set of principles. So it's very important that the agenda is tight and that you keep it on point. And that's what a parking lot is. So we have a flip chart or a whiteboard, and if something comes up and it's going to be a distraction for the agenda today, we move it over to the parking lot. So we don't discount the idea. We acknowledge the idea. We say, that's a great idea. You know what? We need to get that down. Let's put it over here and let's come back to it at a later time. We're going to get it into the parking lot. And we will absolutely pull the parking lot at a later thing, or it could be a separate meeting. It doesn't fit in today's agenda, but it's an important idea. So the parking lot is a great vehicle for the manager of the meeting to be able to take 
what I'll call extraneous ideas that are important because every idea is important. You pull it over and you put it over here and then you come back to it at a later date. And then last but not least is it needs to be fun. And you know, you, you're not going to be able to motivate people. Motivation comes from within. But to create an environment of success and prosperity and motivation. You put people in a position where they're happy to be in the meeting. They know that the meeting is going to be fun. It's not going to be a beat down or it's not going to be a negative festival. No negative Nellies. You know, we're talking about positive energy, positive reinforcement, a winning philosophy, a winning attitude. You know, the Dennis Waitley, you know, just think positively. Think about what you can accomplish. So those are the kinds of meeting topics. You could always introduce, you know, a, a, a phrase, a quote. You can start your meeting with the idea that Abraham Lincoln said one time, if I had six hours to cut down a tree, I would spend the first four hours sharpening my axe. So I only had to spend two hours of work time to cut down the tree. I mean, that's kind of the basis of how you might want to start your meeting. Um, and we've got lots of inspirational quotes. There's many, many videos. We've presented a teamwork video before with Pat Riley. It's a great video when he was coaching the Los Angeles Lakers about how he created a team around a bunch of individual stars that were just tremendous you know, uh, talent, but there weren't enough basketballs to go around initially. And so Pat Riley's teamwork video is great. So introduce videos, introduce YouTube, introduce quotes, do whatever you can to make it fun, make it prosperous, make it a meeting environment that people can learn from. So that's the input that I would give you. So as always, if you have questions, send me and ask the expert. I will make sure that we get that to the proper educators and we distribute that information and we respond to you. Uh, hopefully, you know, you've taken some ideas from this about how to run a daily huddle. And uh, if not, send that question in. We'll be happy to help out. As usual, awesome content from Gary right there. Now, if you're interested in learning more about this topic, I want to encourage you to sign up for our 30-day free trial by clicking join at the top of this page. This is just a small piece of the process, and you need the whole thing to make it all work together. So sign up for the trial now and try it out for yourself absolutely free. And if you're a member already, well, then you better be logging in and watching all these courses from the master, Mr. Gary Alex. Well, folks, that's our show for this week. Hope to see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.